I wanted to share that I created a workshop earlier this year called The Business of Books. It is basically understanding the steps between your idea of a book and selling it. The workshop focuses on the elements to develop a publishing plan. You need to know that how you produce a book is just as important as the writing. You'll also learn in this workshop how to avoid mistakes in order to produce that quality book. You can go to the maven.com site. You can search for Business of Books, or you can search for my name, Bridget Cutchall, and you can sign up for the next future cohort course. Hope to see you there. Hi, y'all. It's Bridget Cutshaw with Real Things Living. Today, my guest is Mark Joseph, and he is a baby boomer, and he is an entrepreneur, and I'm so glad he reached out to me. Can you say hi, Mark? Oh, thank you so much for inviting me today. I yeah, This is really awesome. I love that um, people are sharing their knowledge in different ways now, and I love that you uh, created a, a children's book. Can you tell me or share what prompted you to do that? Oh, sure. You know, the title of the book is I Don't Want to Turn Three. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's the name of the book. You know, I wrote this book because I'll tell you, living this past year because of the pandemic caused by the COVID-19, you know, in isolation, except for being able to, uh, you know, to, to be with my family, kind of gave me a special time to watch, interact with all my grandkids. You know, and, and I got to tell you what a trip that was because all six of these kids have different personalities. Uh, you know, the one thing they do have in common is their their sense of curiosity, and like how excited they do get when they uh, when they do accomplish something. You know, watch them grow year to year, and uh, and how they interact with each other really is the basis for this book. You know, what goes through a toddler's mind that the parents are so desperate to understand? When does a toddler really understand the difference? You know, between me and us. Um, that. The book kind of explores how this whole family of ours is uh, found out together because it was a true story. You know, as a baby boomer myself, trying to understand the world has it evolved since you know I was uh, three years old is also a part of this uh, this children's book. You know, my parents didn't have uh, cell phones. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have remotes. I was my dad's remote. He said, son, go change the channel. And I could go <laughs> change the channel. You know, that was my world growing up when I was three, four, five, six, seven years old. You know, my parents' definition of discipline. You know, it's quite different than the parents of today. Right. Uh, has, has uh, you know, is it a better way? Or are, they, are they growing up better? I'll let your listeners kind of answer that question. You know, how, just compare how we're, kids are growing up today and how we grew up. So that's kind of the basis for the book. Uh, okay. Yeah, when you were saying that, the um, emails didn't even come out until after I graduated college. I mean, it was a big change. <laughs> just an email. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I am thoroughly convinced that this generation growing up today, the kids one to 10 years old, are going to be the greatest generation this country has ever produced. Yes, right. it, you know, they come right out of the womb and they get on the Internet. You know, they're <laughs> on their cell phones. You know, these kids, two, three, four years old, they are so electronically uh, uh, savvy. You know, the Internet, I, I didn't get on the Internet until I was 40 years old. I mean, what a difference that makes today versus them. So, you know, they are just that much smarter because they've got so much information quicker. It's up to us as parents and grandparents to round that out. 
you know, let them learn all this great stuff. But we have got to get involved with the raising of these kids and take them outside, teach them other things, yes. get them off the internet. You know, that's that's what we have to do. And that's really our mission today is, is how can we get more involved to make sure these kids are so well-rounded that they do become the greatest generation ever? Yeah, they are definitely, they don't have the experience that we've had, so it's not going to hold them back on change, right? We have... Uh, that makes sense as we grew up we learned it like i said the email was like what the heck and then the mobile phone was like what the heck and but they that like you mentioned they're not outside as much as i was um i was i call i'm a military brat so i was free a free ranger anyway with my brother and i don't i'm not saying that was is the right thing to do for them but they do need to be outside and understand um that there's something other than just the internet, right? I totally agree with you on that. Oh, you know, the one thing that's great about grandparents is that, you know, we we have become very knowledgeable and, uh, you know, very smart. And the reason being is every generation, every 10 years or so, you know, we make so many mistakes, we learn from them. So yes. as we get older, we get wiser. And as we get wiser, that's why we have to be involved in the raising of all these little kids, because we need to take that knowledge of all the mistakes we have made and relay that and teach them the new thing, how to do things right. And that's the balancing act that we as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles have to do. And the grandparents have such a big impact. I'm just grateful that my sons were had um, my mom and my stepfather to help be great role models because like you said they're much wiser and they have a different perspective as the parent they're not gonna they make it I saw that as they they made it more fun with the kids rather than the parent me <laughs> sometimes you know so it makes sense you got you got homework and make sure you're doing all that kind of stuff and and play and but they made it so much fun for them and I don't know how old your grandkids were but um or are, excuse me, my sons are adults now. I'm not a grandparent yet. So I don't know, you know, when that would happen, but I've seen it. Uh, my sister is a grandparent though. And that's, and she wants to help her kids take care of <laughs> their, their children. And, and I think that's what you're doing with this, this book. They're learning from her. She's also a teacher as well. So she knows how to deal with kids in general. Um, that's what she was trying to do. So my grandkids are now two through nine years old. So they're okay. still young. But talk about grandparents. Uh, there's a real issue with grandparents. 30% of grandparents are classified as remote. You know, and, and this this means, that, and that's one out of every three, every three of us. That means that they're really not involved in the raising of their grandkids. Yes. And, you know, and, and, you know, they may show up on a birthday every once in a while. They may go to Christmas every once in a while, but that's it. You know, they think about of the baby boomers of today, one out of three of us, we're not involved, you know, you know. And so you kind of say, what, what is wrong with this baby boomer generation that just were not involved in raising this next generation? Again, we got to pass on this knowledge and, and a third yes. of us aren't doing it, you know grandparents are as crucial to a child's development as, as parents are. 
Now, before because of all the things you just said, they add a different layer of information. But right. many times, the reason the grandparents are not involved with the raising of the grandkids is because of their relationship with their own children. You know, they may not have liked the spouse they married. Oh, all of a yeah. sudden, you know, they're 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 isolated. They they're not involved in that. You know, they may be giving unsolicited advice. You know, by telling the parents, which are their kids, what to do. All of a sudden, their kids don't want to get them involved in that. You know, they may disrespect the boundaries by just showing up unannounced. You know, here I am. You know, so we as as grandparents cause a lot of these problems. You know, when you think about it, undermining the parents' authority by challenging what a yeah. parent is teaching them. You know, you know, grandparents question the values of, of what their children are teaching their grandchildren. That causes stress. That causes our, us grandparents right. not getting involved. Tendency to play favorites and manipulate statements. Now, uh, all of us, you know, we will not say this out loud and we will not share it with anyone, <laughs> but all of us have favorites. You know, these grandparents. Yes. Just, yes. Just, well, yeah, but you can't, can't verbalize it. No. Uh, <laughs> And so, and so, but but if you start to do that and manipulate the siblings, that causes stress when you're a grandparent. You know, transactional control of kids, giving them money, you know, gifts, taking them on vacation. You know, parents, that causes stress between parents and grandparents. You know, grandparents may have an overall lack of empathy. You know, this is, you know, the ability to understand and share feelings with another. You know, this is so crucial, very little children. But, you know, that's old people. You know, we may not have that empathy. You know, so, so that causes us. You're right. Um, and grandparents, you know, who demand that a grandchild comply and respect them, that causes stress. So, you know, one out of every three of us is screwing up. And so, but a lot of it is caused by our own actions. Uh, and that's like things that. we have to be aware of. I know somebody that, uh, good friends of ours, they moved away when they retired. So they're not going to commute, like you said, communicate with their grandchildren and I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, right? But yeah, they're going to have a disconnect there. And I think uh, it's just really a tough situation right now. Um, there's just so many variables flying around. <laughs> and so you do need to be grounded in, and it helps to get information from every generation. I think we learn from each other, the different generations. I think that's important. Well, let me let me share with you my experience uh, with not being there with all the grandkids. You know, when I was a little kid, I grew up in a small town in Ohio, and my uncle lived up the street. My grandmother was two blocks away, and so we were all together. That was that was the raising of my generation. But you know, in my particular case, I've got two grandkids that live in the same town with us here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I got two in Austin, Texas, and I got two in Orlando, Florida. So they're scattered all over the country. Right? How do you keep in touch with them? Because you know, when kids are two, three, four, five years old, they're not going to pick up the phone and call grandma. You know, they got other priorities. You know, out of sight, out of mind. So, what we did in order to keep in contact with our kids that didn't live here is again, I had all six of them here for about six weeks during the pandemic. So I had a chance to really, you know, they, they interacted, they got to know my house, they got to know my yard. Um, but the interesting thing about little kids, two, three, four, five, even my seven-year-old, because we, we were doing it this weekend, they love dinosaurs. Dinosaurs is the language yeah. of little kids. You know, I could see it, even though they would fight every once in a while, whenever it came to dinosaurs, they all started talking and playing and so forth. <laughs> I see them when they interact with some of their friends, dinosaur is their language. So we figured, 
how can we keep in touch once the other four kids go back uh, to, to Austin and Orlando? And so, well, we decided that we had six dinosaurs here that they used to play with. And so we decided that every night we were going to put our dinosaurs someplace different in the house. So for instance, we had them in the refrigerator eating blueberries one night. <laughs> Another night they were at the sink with grandma washing dishes with soap on their noses. Another night they were playing the piano. Another night they were walking up the steps. So we had 50 different events in the house and outside the house where every night the dinosaurs were doing something. So what happened with us when our kids went back home is we became part of their routine. So mom and dad would give them a bath, they read them a book, and then they would look at mom and dad and say, what are the dinosaurs doing tonight? And so they, oh, would, that's awesome. they would pick up the phone, my wife's uh, iPhone, and they would do FaceTime. And, you know, they would say, where's Gramps? Where's Gramps? What are the dinosaurs doing tonight? And so that was our way of communicating and keeping in touch with our kids once we were out of sight and out of mind. I'm sure your listeners can come up with other ways to do it, but it's so important for us to be involved with them as they grow older. That, that is a really great example. Love that, the dinosaur stuff, because that's something they, doesn't matter where you are, the kids, they will connect with that dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That is really cool. I, I'm really glad that you're trying to do this uh, to help people connect more with their family. And I think that you think maybe because of the people moving all over the place, that's another thing in their jobs and that's kind of what I was raised like I mentioned earlier around the military and I hated it I shouldn't say hated it but I never saw my grandparents I you never saw them I even see my dad right so that takes a different aspect on uh, on the kids well you know in today's world it takes a village to raise a child yes you know especially with so many single parents it takes mom and dad and grandma and grandpa it takes aunts and uncles it takes cousins it takes friends everybody's influence needs to be involved with these kids you know you know when you think about it, what are the parents responsibility in today's world you know in today's world of just instant information uncertainty cruelty yes you know, differences in ideas you know, what is the true role of parents? You know, what, where, you know, how can they do this and get the village involved in doing it? You know, obviously parents provide their children with uh, food and clothing and a place to live. And, you know, they, they also provide them hopefully financial support, medical care, and the opportunity to, to, to go and have an education. Um, you know, they're there to protect their children from harm and provide them with a safe environment. Yeah, which includes supervision and control of any situation that they're in. Um, because parents are the most influential people for our children, you know, they have more power to bring out the good qualities in daily life. Right. Yeah, the traits that parents should be striving to to, to instill in their kids, you know, are, are honesty, uh, responsibility, kindness, independence respect, positive thinking, you know, the, the, we need to get this newest generation thinking positive rather than negatively, you know, creativity, you know, it's up to right. parents to encourage that, whether they like playing the piano or playing soccer, it's creativity, you know, healthy eating and exercise. And I got to, you know, in today's world, we got to eat healthy and we got to, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we got to get them off the uh, internet and out into the uh, playing fields and the parks, you know, we've got to do that. You know, and we, we got to teach them that success can be learned by failure, much like we have learned all of our lives. But more, most importantly, we got to teach them how to have fun. 
you know, and that's where the village comes in. You know, the one great thing about grandparents is, you know, I, like I had uh, two of my grandkids here in town over the weekend because their parents uh, went on a, a weekend vacation. And so we had a great time with them, but we gave them back. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, that's a great thing about grandparents. We can have fun with them, but we give them back most of the time. Um, so, so those are just things that I think that most parents need to be aware of that, that they've got to get the village involved in all of these traits to make sure this greatest generation becomes the greatest generation. I also think based on what you're saying, it, it helps when you get the grandparents involved, it also helps develop a, or improve a relationship usually with the parents, with their parents, right? I think it, it helped us. Um, it's because I said a military brat, so it helped that my parents were involved. Yeah, if that if that makes sense, because they made it fun for all their their grandchildren, and it we created all these get-togethers, uh, a habit for the whole family, not just me, my my parents, and the kids, but my siblings and their kids. And they we had big parties, and uh, but now they're all all the kids are adults now i shouldn't call them kids but yeah it's we created these great memories too right that's what i think is important um creating these positive you mentioned the positivity creating some some great positive memories will make them appreciate um what their grandparents have been through but as they age yeah yeah i i think all of us can sit back and even though it's 30, 40 years later, we can remember the great time we had with our grandparents. Yes. You know, right. one, of the, one of the things that grandparents should do, uh, especially if, if, you, if you're if you not athletic, or you can't take the kids out to the park and so forth. But we have got to be reading books to these kids. We, yes. you know, whether they're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years old, we've got to be reading books to these kids, again, to offset all this great stuff they're learning on the internet. And the reason that we should be reading books, and and I kind of picture, you know, I'm a grandpa, I picture the kids sitting on my lap for 20 minutes. Um, you know, why is it so good to read books to kids? Well, the first thing it does, it creates a bonding situation. Yes. You know, it's just a nice way to spend time together. You got 20 minutes, they're sitting on your lap, you're you're just you and them, you know, create this bonding that uh, that they will remember when they're 30, 40 years later. Yeah. You know, another, another reason we should be reading um, books to, to children is that it supports listening skills. You know, it requires them to listen and to focus. Now, you and I both know that listening skills have evolved to be our best skill we can have. I mean, you're a podcaster. You've got to listen to you, everybody, so that you can ask intelligent questions. Correct. I've got to listen to people so I can sell things or or improve things. Uh, So we all have learned the listening skills. If we can teach these kids when they're two and three years old, that uh, listening skills is part of reading of a book. And that that's a huge home run for everybody. That is a huge you know, skill. Yes. Yeah. The the another reason we should be reading books to these kids is it helps with the cognitive and the language development. I mean, you think about it. There's plenty of the words in these books these kids don't understand. It gives you a chance to explain it. I mean, there's plenty of words in these books I don't understand. I got to go look up. But uh, you know, <laughs> there's there's lots of words in there that again it creates a conversation. You know, and the other thing is the attention span. You know, little kids, two, three, four years old, they bounce off the wall all day. You know, it gives you a chance to have key concentration, self-discipline, and create an attention span. So I urge all of your listeners, take the time to get into a routine and read children books. 
Yeah, that is so true. And that's one habit that I, it's a great habit to have. And that's a habit I did with my kids because I've always liked books. And I think that's maybe why I passed that on to them. <laughs> and we read a lot of books. And once um, my, one of my nephews has some kids, I gave those kids books that to their children, right. To help so they can bond <laughs> with their kids. And that's just, I think gifting that kind of stuff is important too. Um, it's just real important. I love the, what you're saying, the listening skills and in your bonding and being on the internet too much can isolate you. I think isolate you from emotions. Right. And you've got to like it. You know, I totally believe in the positivity, but you also have to get, you know, what's the word? Acknowledge of something in negative situation, but then you have to talk about it. And a book, like you said, is perfect for that. And I just love that you did children's book. Is it one you're going to do more? I'm just curious. I love kids books. Uh, the uh, My next, I'm working on my book is obviously, I don't want to turn three. I'm working <laughs> on my next book, which is I don't want to turn four. Uh, but what's interesting is my nine-year-old granddaughter just turned nine years old and Olivia came to me last week and she says, I got a great idea for our next book, Gramps. And I said, what is it? And she says, I don't want to turn 10. And I said, you're nine years old. Why don't you want to turn 10? She says, well, you know, I'm going to have to learn how to drive. And I'm getting kind of worried about that. I said, that's, that's seven years away. Why are you worrying about it now? And she says, you know, and I, I kind of think about starting to pick out a college. I said, that's nine years away. Why are you worrying about that now? And she says, you know, and, and it looks like the fifth graders have a lot more homework than us fourth graders. And I don't know if I really want to do that. So oh, she came to me and uh, said, uh, said, I, I don't want to turn, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to turn 10. Is a, yeah, when you think about it, I don't want to turn 70. I don't want to turn 39. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different things that we could write about because you're looking at the past and you're thinking about the future. You know, and again, I had Levi this weekend and he came up to me and he's seven years old. He says, Gramps, let's write a book about me. I said, why do you want me to write a book about you? She says, well, you wrote a book about Jordan. He was the one who uh, I don't want to turn three. He says, now it's time to write a book about me. So uh, I got all that going on with these kids. But, you know, we're talking about books and why we need to read them. And, and if we're in the back of our mind, we keep the question that it's necessary to teach children how to think, not what to think. They'll learn what to think. But we as adults, whether we're parents or grandchildren, we have to teach children how to think. And when you think about this, if you, if you keep that in the back of your mind, you know, reading books to them, you know, really teaches them how to think. Now, you know, most of us have 20 children's books laying around the house, like you were talking about, you give them to your uh, nephew. Uh, you know, there's a hundred great children's books out there. I mean, obviously, I want them to read mine, but there's a lot of others too. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, when you're reading a book to a child, why does that, how do you teach them how to think? Well, you know, before you even sit down and, and read the book, you pull the book up and you say to the child, you know, what do you think is going to happen in this book? Let them start to think just by looking at the cover. What do you think is going to happen? Again, starting to get, teach them how to think. Then as they're reading the book, you know, who are the characters in this book? You know, what, the, you know, where is the setting? Can you relate to that? Um, is there anything in this book that sounds familiar to you? Again, getting to think. We want to teach them how to think. And then when you're done reading the book, you want to do the same thing that you do, hopefully, at dinner time when you say, how was your day? You want to, what was your favorite part of this book? 
why was it your favorite part of the book? Again, teaching them to 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 think. That's what we need to do. And that's one of the things that we as adults have got to instill in these kids when they're two, three, right. three years old. Right. And I also what your all those examples you're 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 sharing, you obviously developed some trust. You built trust with them too. So they have someone to go to. That's another grandparent situation. Grandkids are more likely maybe to tell their their grandparents something they're dealing with emotionally. They're more comfortable maybe rather than their parents because their parents might they'd be afraid of getting uh, disciplined. <laughs> you know, that makes <laughs> sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Right, and it's that was it's just so critical. I love how you're saying it. It, it again go it takes a village to raise kids. Don't try to do it by yourself. And I think or change seems to be it's always been around but it seems to be extremely elevated because of technology and i definitely am a lover of physical books too um and that by the way went uh on and off the roof in a good way the last couple of years people wanted because i'm in the you know publishing and print production side of the world we had problems getting stuff done because everybody wanted physical books mark it's a good it's a good problem to have they wanted to have that it's, it it makes a connection just holding something in your hand and i'm a one of those people anyway i have to touch and feel things to learn that's just how maybe because i was in that environment but it's great to pass that on to your grandkids and and be a great role model you built trust with them i think that is great that they love you like that. And I like the idea of you created a series out of this. It's really kind of cool because you're getting feedback from your grandkids on what the content should be and you're making them think. <laughs> well, going back to your, your history in the publishing industry yep. and books and so forth, this pandemic has children reading less. You know, according mm -hmm. to the United Nations Scientific and Cultural, uh, that's the UNESCO, 584 million children worldwide are now experiencing reading difficulties. Now, before the pandemic, that number is 460 million. So that was a 20% rise in children around the world having problems reading. You know, that oh, wipes wow. out that wipes out two whole decades of progress that this world has That's made. That's not good. Yeah. You know, the Stanford Graduate School of Education released a study that said that second and third grader reading fluency is now 30% below what it would be expected in a typical year. Think about that. 30% below. You know, reading fluency, you know, is is how how they learn because how they learn to read is they read, read later to really learn. And so think about that. Uh, because the parents that are not exposing them to books i'm just curious no uh, they, they didn't go poor, to school they didn't go to school for two years you know? yeah that's so, true and but i'm saying they're at home and their parents aren't didn't make a part i mean that's just uh a, one of the customers that i have we are creating if they're, they're a nonprofit, we create these little books for kids globally so they can't have it's money is donated to get these books out there and they're starting to grow here in, in uh, North America because, yeah, they, they see the, this poverty issue is part of it. They can't afford to buy books. And there's only so many libraries around now. It's, it's just crazy what, you know, what I've, I, I don't have little kids anymore. I'm just getting feedback from 
my sister who is a teacher and um, my client who were trying to help. They have different age levels for these books. It's, you know, elementary, middle school and high school. And it's really the, it's just, we need to help. We got to help these kids. I, I agree with you. We got to have to have some books. I guess with the book issue was more, maybe they were, I didn't think about it. Maybe they were more adult, you know, physical novels and things like that. But it's, it's something that we need to uh, continue giving them physical books somehow. And the poor people, by the way, they don't have access to the internet. Maybe that's why they're able to give, you know what I'm saying? They don't have uh, the devices to look at um, on an iPhone or, or something like that. So we want to make them think or help them think. And, and I think kids are pretty smart too, right? Because they're more open-minded. So, yeah, you know, and, and the whole message is we as adults have got to get back in there. And yeah. We have got to teach them, read to them more, let them read to us. You know, yes. Got to do that. It's just the basics. You know, they're going to learn the internet. They're going to learn all this uh, technical stuff. They're going to be much smarter than we ever were. Uh, they're going to be able to find out answers faster than we ever were. But we as adults need to instill the ability to read and then love books because that is our future. This that statement just made my day. Um, so where can people learn more about you, Mark? Oh, they can uh, they can buy the book. Uh, I don't want to turn three on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, but a hundred other sites or come to my site. It's called GrampsJeffrey.com. And because my uh, name on the book is Gramps Jeffrey, that's my oh, name. Okay. And uh, or they can come to the, my site. I don't want to turn three dot com. Um, or turning3.net. So there's plenty of places on the internet to find the book. Uh, the other thing that I think your listeners should be interested in is launching a new site called babyboomer.org. <laughs> this is got all the information and things for the baby boomer generation to find everything that they haven't found out yet. Uh, so I urge any of your listeners that are baby boomers or are in the baby boomer world or have written about baby boomers to, to come to the site babyboomer.org and participate because we are looking for contributors that can have great information that can share with other baby boomers. I think that's awesome. I just love that you're you're advocating for books and reading and no matter what age you are, even though you have a some children, a children's book done already. I just think it's just going to inspire people and motivate people. And just, we need to connect. That's really, that's what your takeaway was from COVID. We've got to connect more and you can do that guys with a physical book, especially with, with kids. I absolutely love your topic, Mark. And is there any other parting words you want to say or any words of wisdom? Well, you know, when you love, you will teach others how to love. And so that's what we have to do. We have got to, us baby boomers have got to go back into our emotional states that we once were when we were younger. And we need to show love to teach the younger generation how to love. Because if this newest generation can come up with uh, as great as it is, it can really change the way this country is run and how we get along, we get together. So I would encourage everyone to, to make sure that they do this with this youngest generation. That is beautiful. That is a wonderful way to end this. Thank you so much, Mark, for your time. And guys, um, the people that are listening, I'm going to have the links in the description of the podcast so that um, you can click on that when you 
done listening to this, right? <laughs> so thank you again so much. Everybody have a great day. Bye-bye. I appreciate your time and I thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast or leave a comment. Now go have a great day.